Welcome. You're listening to audio from Life Church in Chico, California. We're so glad that you're here. Life Church's mission is simply to connect people to Jesus. And you can find out more about our mission and who we are on our website at lifechurchchico.org. All right, let's dive into this week's message. Good morning again. Welcome to Life Church. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Jeff Young. I'm the lead pastor here along with my wife. Uh, Carissa, and it's just a joy having you guys here with us. Hey, uh, you all know that Easter's coming next week, right? Did we, did we cover that enough in announcements with Bob? And everybody's like, you're looking at me like, I can still see you. You know, the lights are bright, but I can still see your faces are like, Easter's next week? Wait, what? Um, anybody, Cadbury eggs? Come on. Can I get a Cadbury egg? Okay, how about this? How about this? How about Peeps? Anybody Peeps fans in the house? Thank you. I see you, Alex. I see you, buddy. I knew we were knitted together. They're just like, give me a peep all day long. Mm. Good morning. Hey, uh, you know, for Easter, it's a, usually, you know, a lot of pastors and people in ministry will call Easter the Super Bowl of all Sundays, right? And, and we believe like, hey, this is what we, this is what hinges our, our faith, right? This is like, this is what we believe, that Jesus died on that cross and he rose again. And so we come next week celebrating and, and we prepare this week uh, it, as Holy Week happens Friday. Come Friday, come pray and, and hear from the Lord together. But um, one of the things that we say around here at Life Church is it's all about progress, not perfection. We're a church of progress, not perfection. And so just, just to, to like really emphasize this, we're gonna completely gut our courtyard this week and really uh, make a massive challenge for all of us come Easter. Is that, is that exciting to you? Uh, so here's, here's the deal. I got to share a couple of things with you real quick. So you see the picture up there. Uh, you probably noticed in the courtyard as you walked in, you're like, gee, it looks dreadful. Like, ugh, this does not look like life church. It looks like death church. Like, I've, co- I've called that, uh, that the graveyard for years now. Um, and <laughs> I just... I'm scared to know what happens when we dig that thing up this week. I don't know, but I'm going to pray that everything's going to be fine. Um, but one of the things that we're doing is we're, we're gutting the entire courtyard. It's been needed to happen for a long time, all the concrete in there. If, you, if you've been in the Life Kids once or twice or a thousand times to any of the classrooms, you'll notice that you can easily trip on all of the entrances because they're, they're, they're lifted up. And so we're gutting all the courtyard, we're gutting that whole thing, and we're, we're leveling out all the concrete to match all the, all the doorways and all that stuff, which is extremely exciting to me. Probably you could care less. Uh, the, the thing I really need to announce to you mostly is that next week when you come and when you bring your guests, right? Because we have to fill the house, right? See how many empty seats we have? Bring your friends and family. The Lord has put somebody on your heart to bring. So just, just invite. Um, and so when you do, you're going to come to one of these parking lots and you're going to go, well, I can't go through any of the breezeways. So, so these lovely, beautiful doors on the sides, which also need to be upgraded. Don't you worry. They will be eventually. Uh, these are going to be our main entrances for all of us in the house. So, so when you uh, drive in, you're going to see Life Cafe out in the front, which is going to be awesome, actually, because our front yard is beautiful and it's all redone as of last year. And so we want to do that. Uh, but the thing is, is we're going to come through here. So <clears throat> you don't want to come through during my sermon, right? So those of you who show up casually late, 
I know who I'm talking to. I'm not looking at too many faces out here. Uh, I'm going to just say, hey, good morning. Welcome. Well, come on, take a seat. Let's go. Just kidding. I would not embarrass anybody. Maybe a few of you uh, that I know really well. But uh, so, so what you want to do is you want to make sure you have enough time to get here and get, get in your seats and all that stuff, of course, for Easter. If, you're, if you've got kiddos and life kids, you'll see all the signage. We'll have it all prepped, but you'll go through the gates of the elementary school, which is just at the very far end of the building. You'll see them and you'll go through there and you'll see all the signage for check-in and all that stuff. So uh, don't worry, just give yourself a a couple extra minutes. You'll be up early anyway at sunrise service, right? So 6.15 for that, you'll come, you'll go get ready for church and you'll come, you'll be here early. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, this is this project's going to be about four or five weeks long. So you'll, we'll be doing this for about a month. So just so you know, so it's on your radar as you invite people. Sound good? Oh, it's going to be so great, you guys. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. I can't wait. All right, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter five. I'm more excited to preach about Jesus. How about that? that that's, that's what I should be really excited about. So Matthew chapter five, here we are. We're in the third week of this series called the Beatitudes or Blessed. Um, we've just been talking about the Beatitudes and talking about what is Jesus saying at this, the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We've done a lot of work, like the prep work of, of how Jesus got here in Matthew, where, what was happening before that. If you want to hear all that, go back and listen. Um, but right now we're at this moment where thousands of people are at the feet of Jesus and they want to listen to what he has to say, but, but they've also brought all of their concerns, their hurts, their, their wounds. They've brought everything with them. They've brought their friends and their family who are hurting and weak and and, and all of the trials that they are facing. And they're, they're wanting to see something from Jesus in this moment. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of expectation that I want to have all the time. Thank you, the two of you. I see you, I feel you. Everybody else is like, I'm getting there. I'm waking up, it's okay. This is what I'd like you to do. This is what we did last week. Just, just close your eyes for a second, bear with me. I rarely do this, but just close your eyes with me. Think of the crazy busy week you had, maybe the busy month, maybe the last two years, goodness sakes, we're all just kind of fatigued by that. Maybe the last five years, four years with campfire, all the challenges that Butte County's faced, all the personal challenges you've faced, all the personal heartaches that nobody knows about, but just you. Picture yourself at the feet of Jesus with all of your burdens, with all of your trials, with all the things that are unknown to everybody else but him. And he sees you. He recognizes you. He acknowledges the pain. He acknowledges the confusion of the, I don't know what to do, Lord but he's with you. This is the place we ought to find ourselves more often than night. You can open your eyes. Was that just not beautiful? That we could find ourselves at the feet of Jesus more often than not. But we've got to purposely like slow down enough to stop And then to listen instead of just, here's all the things, Lord. And so Jesus captivated this crowd for like, some say, some some people say it was just one really long sermon, but but most likely it was over a couple of days, the Sermon on the Mount. 
If you'll read through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll see, man, he hit on a lot of things. It was, it was quite the conference that he put on. And so, but the, these people are at the feet of Jesus and they're just leaning in. They want to know, they want to, to hear what Jesus has to say. They, they want to be healed, but, but their hearts are yearning for something different. They can feel they're, they're anticipating, they're leaning into, man, this Jesus has something different that, that no Pharisee, no religious scholar has ever presented. He speaks with this authority. He, he has a different uh, message that he's sharing. And, and man, that weird guy, John the Baptist, he was like, man, Jesus, he's the one you need to go to Jesus. And, and so all of these people are leaning in to Jesus. And, and, and we have this, the stage set for the Sermon on the Mount, this invitation just to go deeper in relationship with Christ. And so that's what I, I want to like call us to. Like at the very, like our, our, our vision, our mission is connecting people to Jesus. Like let's find ourselves at the feet of Jesus more often, inviting a deeper, more meaningful relationship with, with the Lord, specifically because the world's pace and expectations are far different than that of Christ's. So there's this pull, there's this almost this tug of war where Jesus is here and we want to sit at his feet, but then the world just pulls us and, and has this momentum and this effect that draws us in so easily. And it's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily sinful. It's just, man, like there's just so much happening and going on. And the Lord is like, would you just sit? My son, my daughter, I want to talk to you. I want to share some things with you. I want to, I want to present some things to you. So all of these people um, from every setting of, of, of their life are, are all represented. So everybody in the house this morning, you were represented there at the, at the Sermon of the Mount. Man, all men, women, moms, dads, kids, aunts, uncles, all of the people, grandmas, grandpas, the hurting, the healthy, the wealthy, the, the poor, the, the disciples, the, 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 those who were disregarded and cast out. I mean, everybody was, was recognized in this moment. And Jesus was preaching to all of them. He didn't say, oh gosh, whew, yeah, you, <laughs> you guys, this section, <clears throat> can, you, can you just kind of make some room? Like, no, he was, he was inviting everybody to the table. He was inviting everybody to speak with them. So, or, or to listen to what he was sharing. So, so let's begin to read what he's sharing in this moment. So Matthew chapter, chapter five, verse three, and I'm gonna do what I did the last couple of weeks, and I'm just gonna read through the Beatitudes nice and slow. And if you were here last week, you'll remember the first four that we touched on. Today, we're hitting on the last four. And, and, and just you'll, you'll begin to think through what, what has already been shared, what, what has stuck out to you, let it, let it uh, just sit on your heart and, and meditate on these things that Jesus is saying first. I think it's important that we also recognize this is, his, this is the first thing he's saying at the Sermon of the Mount. He didn't start with divorce. Can you say amen? Like he didn't start with adultery. He didn't start with uh, like all of the, the really tough, heavy, heavy things. He just says, here's, here's uh, the opposite, the kingdom opposite that I want you to begin to think about and to ponder and to put on your heart. So here we go. He says this in verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he ends with 11 and 12. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were, excuse me, who were before you. So here's Jesus. He he begins sharing all of these things that are a, a little radical to them, although these these beatitudes they weren't um, they they were they were normal in their culture. They they're like twenty six times in Psalms you'll see this, and eight times in Proverbs you'll see this. So it wasn't uncommon language; it was just uncommon like poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Like and so the Lord is beginning to talk through these things. What does it actually mean? So I shared on on poor in spirit. Mourn, meek, and, and hunger and thirst. Last week, you see those on the board. And just real quick, poor in spirit, recognition of spiritual poverty. This is like, blessed are those who recognize their lack in their spiritual, uh, spiritual depravity, really, is because without Jesus, we are lacking majorly. We will never be fulfilled. We will never be satisfied. We'll, we, we cannot work hard enough, right, to, to get to the gates of heaven. There's just nothing we can do. We're all born broken and we can't recover from sin. We need uh, uh, Jesus as our savior to, to fill our cup in that, in that measure. So, so he says, blessed are those who recognize that you need me. Then, then blessed are those who mourn, uh, and that's the sorrow of sin. Those who say, man, my sin put Christ on the cross. And, and last week I said, even if it's the smallest, littlest thing, it's, I have to recognize that, that I did that. I, I, my sin is the brokenness. And so I, I recognize that, I mourn, and, I, and it leads me, this mourning leads me to this place of repentance that brings peace, that brings fruitfulness, that brings, that brings fruit in our life. I love where John says that, that uh, I've talked a lot about repentance, but those uh, uh, keep in repentance because it, it produces fruit is what he says. And so we want to keep on continually seeing, okay, here, here I'm broken, I've fallen, I, I lack, I, um, man, this sounds really like dark and somber. It doesn't mean to be that way, but there's an, if there's good news, there's bad news. And Jesus came because there's bad news. And we have to recognize what that bad news is. And we have to recognize that I actually have a part to play in that. So, so I recognize that and I mourn over that, but it leads me to this place of fruitfulness with Christ. Then there's the meek and that's just controlled strength. It's understanding when to have the wisdom and compassion in, in connection with one another to, to rise up and, and do something or not do something. And so there's, there's that. And then hunger and thirst, this intense longing and desire to, to have more of Christ. Christ, this righteousness that, that is Christ's righteousness in me that, that I'm seeking, that I want to be filled up, that, I want, that I'm hunger, hungry and thirsty and I'm yearning for more, that I'm constantly wanting Jesus uh, to fill my cup in that measure. And so um, we hit on those last week, but those are the first four that have a lot more to do with my recognition, with my relationship with the Lord. And then these four are going to be more relational with one another, which is kind of unique. And so we're going to start talking about blessed are the merciful uh, everybody look to the person next to you and be like, you have so much mercy. And then I see a couple of people laughing because they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, I don't know about you, but this is one that I'm like, Lord, fill me up because fill me because 
whoo, I got it. I'm real low on this one. So I need you to like do everything you can to give me just this heart of mercy that, that uh, is blessed. And by the way, that word blessed, I just want you to, uh, I, I've shared this every time and it's in the notes at the beginning, but this word blessed is really, um, it, it's an understanding that even in the hardship, even in the circumstance of life that, that uh, is like in the dryer, we're just like tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and it's hot and it's just like, oh man, it's hard. Uh, this word blesses means that the Lord is with us. So therefore we're blessed. So in the measure that we're mourning, but God is with us, we're blessed because he's with us. That's, that's that word blessed. It's like, it's, it's like on us. Because of Christ, we're blessed. So therefore, anything that we experience, we're, we're walking through with Christ. So blessed are the merciful. And so we finally get to a point where Jesus is like, yeah, of course, thank you. Blessed are the merciful. Because yeah, that makes sense. Not blessed who are those who, are, who mourn. So this word is, is kind, compassionate, sympathetic. Um, it combines feelings and compassion with action. So it's a person with merciful qualities that, uh, uh, which, who find outlets for their merciful nature. Um, it's an active desire to remove uh, pain, uh, to remove sorrow, to remove discomfort in somebody's life. So those of you, um, if you have a gift of mercy, you could care less about how the person found themselves where they are. So if you have just this unending mercy, you're like, I could care less how you got there. I want to help you walk out of it. And, and I want to bring Jesus to you. And I want to bring healing. And, and I want to bring you hope and, and all of those things. I know a couple of people who are out there in the, in, the, in the church this morning who like so fit the bill for that, that the Lord has like endowed them with this gift of mercy. But the Lord is basically saying here, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. It's, it's, this is something that I walk in because of Christ, no matter what. So even if I feel like I'm really low, like myself, I can know that this is a measure that I need Christ more. So I, I lean into the Lord more in on this one for sure for me, but it's someone who just has eyes to see the hurting and the broken and they could care less how they got there. They say, I want to bring Jesus to you and walk with you and cry with you and weep with you and, and mourn with you and, and, and get you closer to the Lord. And so that's the heart of this, this uh, idea of blessed are the merciful. Luke chapter six, thir verse 38, um, in this passage, Jesus is actually talking about love your enemies, um, which is always really fun, right? Because we're all like, yeah, we just have to really love our enemies more and more. And we really lean into that, right? Because everybody wakes up doing that, right? Total, 100%. Jesus says, he says, be, just before this in verse 36, he says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So it's a reflection of who God is. This mercy is a reflection of God. It's his character. And so the closer I am to Jesus, the hopefully the more mercy I'll have, even though that's probably not how I was actually um, created in that sense. So 638 says this, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so this is, these are Jesus' words saying, hey, if you want some mercy, maybe, maybe you actually begin to show it. Maybe begin to step into it. Maybe begin to invite the Lord to, to fill that cup of mercy in your life and, 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 and give you eyes of this compassion and this sympathy that, that maybe you don't have. Um, they will be shown, so blessed are the merciful, they show, will be shown mercy. Uh, this isn't an expectation that others will show you mercy. 
It's to know the promises that you will receive mercy from the Lord, no matter what. So this is an eternal sense. This is, a, this is God is merciful. He's, uh, Paul says he's rich in mercy. Uh, and so we have this unending mercy from the Lord, no matter what. So I, I can't necessarily depend on you for showing me mercy, though when I extend mercy, usually, mostly, hopefully, prayerfully, right? You would receive some mercy back, but that's not always the case. We always wanna to look to the Father for that mercy. And so we're gonna, we're gonna step right into the blessed are the pure in heart. And, and this brings me to uh, the beginning of the Beatitudes and the reason why the Lord is, is, is really starting with these Beatitudes. He's actually going after people's hearts. He's not going after their circumstances. Their circumstances brought them to Jesus, okay? Like, like your circumstances at some point brought you to the feet of Jesus where you just surrendered your life and you gave, gave your life over to him. You realized, you recognized all that stuff. So the circumstances may have brought you there, but here Jesus is trying to get to the heart. And so this is really key when he says, blessed are the pure in heart. And so he's actually finally saying, I'm after your heart. And so all the people are like, this is way different because I've, I, I just do what I'm supposed to do. I, 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 I give where I'm supposed to give. I, 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 I abide by the law where I'm supposed to abide by law. I show up when I'm supposed to show up. I have my checklist. I do all the right things. So uh, my outward appearance shows that I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to, but inwardly, there might be some, some dying. There's, there might be some decay. There might be some calcified like stuff in there that the Lord needs to break up. And so Jesus is hitting it right here. And this is really uh, part of what we wanna get to uh, in regards to pure in heart. Pure is without blemish, clean, or undefiled. And so we can never reach that moment. We can never have that in, in perfection except through Christ. So really what he's saying is blessed are the pure in heart because you have received me. Blessed are the pure in heart because you've recognized that you need me to, to wipe the sin away. Blessed are the pure in heart because the only way you can have no blemish is through me. And so he's starting this off and he's saying, this is a matter of your heart and surrendering your heart. Psalm 23, uh, 24, three and four says this, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place. So who can, who can stand at the feet of Jesus, basically, but of the Lord, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. So those who, those who surrender to the heart of the Lord and simply say, Lord, I need you. I recognize you as my savior, as being the pure and spotless lamb who took the price for me. And so uh, your, your blood washes over me. It cleanses me. Uh, it makes me white as snow. And so this pure heart, it's, it's a moral, pure, honest, and sincere. Um, and Jesus really ups the ante here and he confronts the external rule or law that I was just talking about. And he's really going after the inward pure of heart. Um, it, it really is about the heart. When you, <laughs> I, I don't want to come to heaven and have the Lord say, like, you're, you're like a whitewashed tomb. Like the Pharisees where he says, you're like a whitewashed tomb. You're, you're beautiful on the outside, but you're wretched on the inside. I, I want to I come to the Lord with, with the inside of me, the, the outside matching the inside. I, I want to so strive for this. And you see this in, in 1 Samuel where, where the Lord, um, he, he has Samuel 
get David, right, and anoint David. And, and uh, he, he sees all of his big brothers who are beautiful on the outside, who are tall, who are strong or are older, who have all the tools and whatever, all of the uh, skill sets and leadership techniques and all of the things to become king. And the Lord says, nope, 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 nope. Do you have anybody else? Do you have any other brothers, right? You know the story. And he says this, he says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the, but the Lord looks at the, the heart. So blessed are the pure in heart. Just like David, he had a heart after the Lord. He, he served the Lord with his heart. So through the power of Jesus, he purifies each of us inside and out. And due to their sincere, true, honest, pure devotion to Christ, they will see the Lord. They will see God. They will, they will understand. Those who have been purified by the blood and power of Christ have the ability to see people how Jesus sees them as well. So this is, this is a, man, I surrender my heart to the Lord. So he makes me pure. He makes me holy. He makes me, he makes me righteous. And so because of that, I connect with the Lord. I see with eyes that he sees. And so I begin to live my life actually considerably different with one another because I begin to see how he sees and I walk that out with him. All right. So blessed are the peacemakers. We got peacemakers in the house. Got a couple? Okay. I see, I see a few people who raise their hands that I was like, I don't know about that. We stir the pot. Who's the stir the potter? You know, like who's, there's a couple of those. Right? I wonder what you might think I am. Blessed are the peacemakers. And this peacemaker is a mediator who tries to bring about harmonious relations between two opposing parties. A peacemaker is really unique, my wife being one of them. I'm going to spot you out. I'm sorry about this, but her and I are very different. And so I'll be like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, like you get all frustrated. She goes, yes, but can you see both sides here? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see that side. I'm just, this side is the right side and that side's the bad side. And this, you know, and, yeah, but you got to understand. And, and, and a peacemaker just pulls together. A peacemaker is just, Somebody in between that just says, hey, come here, come, come to the table. Come, come, let's be like Christ. Come, let's, let's recognize one another. Let's listen. Let's respond. It's somebody who sees both, both sides very, very well. And the Greek is to, it says basically to make peace and to bring peace. It's a, it's a very action-oriented thing. It's not a passive thing. Um, by the way, the gospel is not passive, so the gospel is not passive. It's, it's actually active. It's, it's moving forward. It's good news. It's not bad news. It's good news that I want to bring good news. So it's, it's not passive sitting on the shelf like, oh, remember that thing, that, that Bible thing or that the gospel stuff? That's, that was cool. That changed my life forever. It actually eternity. But I'm just going to leave that up there. I'm just going to do, do my life. It doesn't make sense. The gospel is active. This peacemaking is active. It is, it is understanding Christ's call to our life and it pursues us, it, it, it pushes us forward. And so this active, it's an active reconciler of people. They battle the bitterness. They strangle strongholds. It's like they, they work at this collectively. And this is what the Lord is calling all of us to do. Even though you might not find yourself a peacemaker, you will find yourself being a peacemaker if you have eyes to hear, eyes to see and ears to hear what Jesus is asking. A couple of verses real quick. James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Come on. Like 
if, if I want to reap a harvest of righteousness, then I might need to step into this peacemaking the process that the Lord has me in. Romans 14, 19 says this, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Let us, do, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace. So that means, man, I've got to lay down my pride. I've got to lay down my arguments. I've got to lay down my right and wrong. I've got to lay down like this battle plan. I've got to lay down my will. I've got to lay down it all. I've got to say, Lord, I humbly submit to you. And in fact, somebody who's seeking peace invites voices into their life. They say, hey, you know what? Oh man, me and Chris do this all the time. Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Or me and Chris are like, ah, tell me, speak to me. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm unsure. So help me understand how to navigate this peacemaking process because, well, they're really good at that and I'm not so good at it. So I probably need a little bit more of that in my life. And I need people's input into this as I walk this out. So blessed are the peacemakers um, for they will be called children of God. Why? Because they will directly reflect his character. Just like a son reflects his father or a daughter reflects their mother. This is like, this is why. They'll be called children of God because they will be just like the Lord in his peacemaking process. And by the way, the Lord is the perfect peacemaker because of Jesus. Somebody should say amen a little bit louder. Uh, One commentary I read on this, it's being a peacemaker is considered the family business of believers. I thought that was really fantastic. It's a birthright and an assignment as children of God. If, if the enemy is to, his goal is to wage war, then I might want to wage some peace. And so if I'm, if I'm called as a child of God, one of my birthright and my assignments is to be a peacemaker among men. Among, among my peers, among, among the, those that are around me. I, I want to live this out. I want to walk this out. And the only way I can actually do that healthy, in a healthy, positive way, is inviting the Holy Spirit to lead me through it. So blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And by the way, I want to be called a child of God. So I want to step into that even more. All right, this next one's super fun, super fantastic. This is the one that we all love, is blessed are those who are persecuted. I'm going to end with that. Just kidding. All right, go get them, guys. Whoo. Blessed are the persecuted, and, and it's for righteousness. And this is to, to be or become subject to systematic harassment and attack due to following the life Christ has called us to live. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because we don't have a lot of persecution here in the States some might argue to to a different degree, but what I would say is not direct, like in your face, physical persecution, I'm going to kill you kind of thing. Uh, The enemy is, is waging war against us. So therefore there's, there's an attack coming against uh, us in America that we have to be very, very aware and diligent and, uh, and sober minded to understand how the enemy is coming after us. And so in that way, sometimes there's persecution in that sense. And so uh, it's a loyalty to righteousness 
um, which equals a possibility of this persecution. And so you just need to know that the enemy is going to come after you no matter what, in some shape or form. And so I want to have my battle plan. I want to know what uh, what what my, the armor of God is and how to put that on and and what it means to walk this out. But First Peter he he in Peter writes this letter, and he he's talking about this time to his friends during this time of deep, severe persecution. And this is what he writes. He says this in 1 Peter chapter four, he says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He's like, wake up. Like, it's not, it's not a, it should not be a surprise. So when you're feeling just like this wave after wave after wave of maybe a spiritual attack in some degree or this persecution, don't be surprised that it's happening, but actually stand firm and stand guard. And so he goes on and he says, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Like it it just is so opposite our American culture mindset of, heck no, I'm going to stand up and I'm fight you, right? Like, no, not a chance. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to do what's right, which doesn't mean righteous. So I, I want to make sure that we're clear on that because sometimes people say, you need to stand up for your rights. No, give me a break. Stand up for what's righteous. And you, act, you might actually get persecuted by some Christians for saying that. So don't write me some nasty email. But, but be persecuted for, for doing what's righteous. And we'll walk this through together because we're a family and we're, we're the body of Christ. And we, where one hurts, the other hurts, right? When, when we weep, we all weep. When we rejoice, we all rejoice. So, so he's saying, don't be surprised so that, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So when Jesus comes back is what he's saying, you're going to be like, yeah, I was fighting for this, right? Like you knew you had the faith. You persevered through this persecution. You didn't hold back. You stood strong. You didn't fall short. You didn't lose your faith. You allowed the persecution to happen and you just stood strong in the midst of it with the body of Christ because you will not do it on your own. And then he goes on, verse 14, he says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let me just, let me just say this. I, I think, um, you know, I, I've asked this question to Pastor Fred and Dale. I've talked to them about this. Like back, in, back when you guys were pastoring at my age, our age, did it feel like Jesus was gonna come back at any moment as well? Because right now I feel like the older I get, the more I think like, man, Jesus is coming back. Like we, this world is falling apart like crazy. We're having major challenges, war and all the, all the different things that are happening that are talked about in Revelation. And you're like, man, we need to just get our family together and just like wait on the Lord because he's going to come any minute. Uh, here's, here's what I'm getting at is as, as we continue day after day, right? We seek the Lord with all our heart. May he come back. That's going to be great. Amen. But you might need to be ready for that. Just get your heart right. Um, but in this measure, as the world continues to degrade, because it only will degrade, the more persecution is likely. So, so don't be surprised if this only continues to get worse and not better. 
So the more, uh, the more that our, even our Western culture begins to divide because it has been divided, the more it gets divided, the more you're going to have to declare and, and just say, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. And don't be surprised when you get insulted because of that. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You're such a moron. Whatever it might be. And to be able to stand strong in the midst of it and declare that Jesus is king that he took that cross for me and the person saying it. So we walk this out. So as you are blessed by living in righteousness and persecuted, you will be persecuted, living lives by and for the will of God. So we stand out and are marked by the enemy. He wants nothing more uh, than to distract, dissuade, and disorient us. This persecution will often accomplish this. But blessed are those who are persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is how he ends this one as the way he started it. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he sandwiches this together. Blessed are those who understand their spiritual depravity and, and their need for Jesus. But don't be surprised when you're persecuted because of Jesus. And we're going to end on a high note. But, but friends, like our, this world is hopeless and hurting. And this is why the message of the gospel is that much more real. That's why Easter coming is that much more apparent. That's why an invitation with a little card, though it might seem so small and so like, well, I don't know if it'll work. It is so massive. It could change somebody's eternity. It could change somebody's life here on earth from here on out. That's the message of the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus, that he can, he can take the, from dead to life for their reward, for those who are persecuted and persevere, persevere will be the kingdom of heaven. Can I have you guys stand together? We're gonna close in prayer. I was gonna have the worship team come back up, but I didn't realize what time it was. So <laughs> that's what happens when you just preach, I guess. Here, here's what I, I kind of want to maybe end on. And I'll just set it at this, is that if you think about laying everything down, kind of how I started, you know, through prayer and, and getting into the sermon, just laying down everything at the feet of Jesus. There, there's something that you might need to lay down. It's, it, maybe it's just that you need to grab hold of Jesus instead of laying down whatever's in your hands so that you might be able to grab hold of what Jesus has for you. And that might be just salvation. That might be forgiveness. It might, it might be his compassion. It might be his love. It might be his healing. It might be something that you desperately need. But in this moment of Holy Week, as it begins, as we kind of reflect on, man, Jesus is coming into the city of Jerusalem and everybody's expectation is that he's going to take over from a military standpoint. And it's radically different. And he goes, I hate to disappoint you, but I'm not here with a sword. I'm here for your heart. And the only way to get to your heart is to die on that cross. And so that's why the disciples kept on being like, wait, wait, what? No, no, Jesus, I'm not gonna wash your feet. No, if you don't wash my feet, then you can't have anything of me. So Peter then says what? Then wash my hands and my head and just wash me all over. May your expectations be that of Christ's. 
That means I have to lay things down and seek his, his face, seek what he wants and grab hold of the blessings that are in Christ alone. These, these opposites that Christ give us through these Beatitudes. Let's pray. Father, we, we come before you this morning. Lord, I thank you for each person in, in the house this morning and, and even all the life kids, Lord. Lord, bless them a million times over. Be with them, love on them, Lord. May they recognize who you are today. And so right now in the house, Lord, I just thank you that, that you're, a, you're, you're highlighting the, the things in our lives and our hearts that, that we're supposed to begin to lay down at your feet. So Father, I thank you for this incredible blessing that I'm, I'm able to lay down my sin, my shame, my anxieties, my fears, my worries, my, my all the things. And, and I get to lay those down, meaning I don't have to carry them anymore. And I can grab hold of what you have for me. What a beautiful blessing that is, Lord. Thank you that we're blessed because you're with us. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what life circumstance we're in, we're blessed because you are with us. So friends, in this moment, just before we close out, would you just as a symbol, just in your heart, in your mind, whatever, just lay it at the feet of Jesus where we started today. When we closed our eyes and we said, just picture yourself there. Would you just lay it down? And may you feel the touch of Jesus on your heart as you stand up and walk out to, to this morning. And you, as you walk out, you go, wow, I feel lighter. Wow, thank you, Jesus, I feel whole. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not burdened anymore because you carry the burdens for us. And you walk with us and we're blessed. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. If you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you. If not, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening today. We hope that this week's message encouraged you. Life Church meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. here in Chico, California. You can also listen to us online during our 9 a.m. live stream. We would love the opportunity to connect with you, so please visit our website, lifechurchchico.org.